Welcome to Damage Boost. I'm your host Brock Holiday, and today not only will we be talking Super Smash Bros. Melee, but we will also hear the origin of the phrase, it's not Melee. So let's jump into it. Now, in order to tackle this topic, I needed my thick daddy and honorary co-host, Carl. Hey, how's it going, guys? And our now reoccurring guest, the man who taught me how to strive for originality, Nathaniel Bandy. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> All right, guys, before we jump into it, I want to ask you one random question that I thought of before we start recording. If you were going to get set, if we were to have to get rid of every soda and every chip... In existence, but you get to pick one soda Ooh. and one type of chip to oh, keep no. that everyone in the world will have to eat, including you. What's it going to be? Let's start with oh. Carl. Oh, no. <laughs> this is going to show my basic white girl. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's hard to be just, you know, like a classic Coke and, and just plain old chips. I, I just... You got a I'm brand a loyalty? For, it. Uh, for Coke, oh, yes. But... Uh, for chips, it doesn't matter. The cheaper, the better. Just, just shove them in my face. <laughs> oh man, that is basic. I'm not sure if I'm happy with this answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. You're still okay. What about you, Nathaniel? Uh, definitely Tostitos. Any oh. of them. Well, not the lime ones. Just regular Tostitos, and then Those, the, Dr Pepper. Dr Pepper is a good call. Yeah, and you're right. Those lime ones always have way too much lime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not good at all. Now, I don't know if you guys, since you're East Coasters, have... Do you guys have Uncle Ray's chips? Uncle Ray's? Uncle, Uncle Ray's. They're, like really, they're actually kind of hard to find. Yeah, never heard like of Even it. in the Midwest. They are... They're the official chip of minor league baseball. But they're huh. cheaply made. You can get, like, a normal, like, size bag uh, for $1.50 as opposed to, like, 3 or 4 bucks that Doritos Holy or Lay's crap. or Ruffles are going to cost you. Wow. And I think, honestly, they taste better. Sounds like a dream to me. <laughs> yes. The only yeah. downside to them is they don't, they're not great for dipping. They're pretty thin. So you can't really mix them with too many dips unless you get the, uh, oh, God. What do you call the ones that are rigid? Ruffles. Uh, wavy Ruffles. Ruffles. Yeah. Ruffles. Yeah. yeah. So that is, uh, God, soda's hard, but I'm going to kind of pick it back off Nathaniel's, and I'm going to go with the new Dr. Pepper cream soda, and... God, it sounds like I'm sponsored, but I'm not. I wish. Someone give me money. But then if you haven't had it and you love cream soda, Dr. Pepper cream soda is fucking unbelievable. Well, I feel uh, singled out. <laughs> oh, oh, man. As a fat guy, if you want to learn about junk oh, food, geez. I am here to show you the way. As a fat guy and a gamer, like on top of that, I can show you <laughs> and the way. a gamer. See, my problem is like when I binge, I just want the, the cheapest best sugariest saltiest stuff that i can shove into my you know food hole <laughs> yeah when we I, watched uh castlevania holy crap you had yeah. carl just had like this craving <laughs> that he never has anymore he's like let's go to mcdonald's he ordered like large everything the giant big mac large fries large milk it wasn't a large milkshake I no i got a small medium. milkshake i have to watch That's my right. carbs <laughs> <laughs> 
It was insane. That's... I was like, holy crap. And then I ate some popcorn when we got back to your house, and some pretzels, right. and a couple cheese sticks, you know, and the rest of my food that I brought with me, so. <laughs> yep, yep. That's, yeah, but you uh... almost never do that anymore. It's yeah. like, uh... Once every few years, or once, like, a few days out of the year, and that's it. Uh, it's more like twice a month. I really, like, just break down, and I'm like, holy crap, I need well, to eat. Well, still, I mean, that's that's still really good. Yeah, it's better than I what mean, I was doing. Yeah. I don't Yeah, that, that's what I do daily, so it's good that you I can f- limit it to a few times. It feels. The, the quarantine munchies are a real problem at this point for me. Oh, my God. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I usually only buy like snack food when I know I'm going to eat it. Like if I know we're having a movie night with the kids or, you know, I'm going to be playing, doing an online gaming session with some friends, like then I'll buy it. Cause I know if it's in the house, I'm going to eat it. So mm-hmm. that way, like we stock up so we don't have to go out. You know, we can't, we can't go out every week like we used to. And I'm like, Oh shit, it's still here. I got to eat it. Cause it's delicious. And it's a real impulse problem. <laughs> yeah, Quarantine has no. not been good to my weight. When I was in, uh, when I was in Germany, I, I kind of did the same thing because I was playing Minecraft a lot with Connor online, uh, one of my friends, and um, so what I would do is like I would just like like Friday nights that was like my my binge night. It was like all right, I'm gonna swing by you know the the store on my way home from classes. I'm gonna get three bags of chips, some cheese, uh, whatever else I want, and then I'm gonna go home and play Minecraft with Connor for six hours. <laughs> God, I love Minecraft. I did not get into it until I was much older, though. Like, I missed the yeah. initial wave of popularity for that game. I only just got into it a few months ago. Like, I've been playing uh, with a couple friends myself. I've played with Carla, like, a couple of times, but... Yeah, we, we're not compatible in Minecraft. No, not in Minecraft. <laughs> only in real life. Only IRL. <laughs> I say, we, we... My buddy and I, who I play with, we try to build... And then we make everything square, and then, like, people, when we watch tutorials on, they're like, never make it square. You gotta have, like, you know, features to your house. Like, we don't know how. Hmm. It's hard. Let's not get into this. Uh, I don't want mommy and daddy to fight again. You don't want, no, not with Minecraft. No. All right, well, let's talk Melee, an actual fighting game, and not fight in real life. All right. Uh, It was released in 2001, never forget, and... Mm -hmm. Uh, it was actually the one I've played the least, and probably have the least amount... Oh, besides Wii U, but I mean, I don't really count it because it's Wii U. Uh, it's the one that I probably have the least attachment to of all the games, actually. Um, how did it come into your guys' lives, and uh, how much does it mean to you in the grand scheme of the Super Smash Bros. series? Mm-hmm. You want to go ahead, Nathan? Uh, yeah, well, honestly, this is probably one of my... In terms of, like, impact, like, one of the biggest games for me, because I remember getting it when I lived in Norway, and um, I had an N64 for a few years, and that was really cool. And then I remember I saw the GameCube and Smash Bros. Melee at someone's house that I was visiting. I don't even know who it was. I was like, oh, my God, you can play as Bowser? You can play as Peach? The graphics are amazing. I was like, this is um, this is insanely cool. But I, th- I thought, there's no way I'm getting a GameCube. And then that Christmas, I got Smash Bros. Melee, Mario Sunshine, and Monkey Ball, and then of course the GameCube. Um, so that's when I first got the game. When I was like, I think nine years old, and I absolutely loved that game. I played it for a long time. I, I still play it every once in a while. So that's awesome. What about you, Carl? Um, so for me, it was kind of different because I didn't really. Uh, I, I know I've said this before on a couple of the podcasts, but I didn't really have any high tech gaming systems until I was like older like 14 15 years old 
And um, so Melee, my first ever experience with it was at a friend's house when I was young. <clears throat> and I didn't have basically any video game systems. All I had was a Game Boy when I was little. And um, so I went over to his house, and I remember playing it, and I just remember really hating it. Because I didn't know how to control it. I couldn't do anything. I remember like thinking it was really cool because I could play as Mewtwo. But I, I couldn't control it. I couldn't do anything with it. And it, I just kind of... I gave up on it. I was like, let's just play something else. So we played other stuff. And we never really touched it again. But then later on down the line, I eventually got um, a GameCube later. Like way, way later after uh, the GameCube had released. I think like 2007, 2008 sometime around there, and uh, Melee was the second game I bought for the GameCube, because my first one was Star Fox uh, Adventures, which was a mistake, Oof. but <laughs> Oof. I bought uh, Melee as my second game for the GameCube, and I remember very distinctly, because I went into GameStop, and it was 12 bucks, and I was like, alright, I'm going to buy this, and I brought it home, and after that initial, like, uh, in... I don't even know. After I had initially experienced it at my friend's house, it was then like love at first sight. I was like, oh man, this game is awesome. I love the controls. I love running around. This is so cool. And yeah, the rest is history. Nice. I I feel really guilty. And I, I don't even really, really remember the first time playing it or buying it. I know I owned it. <laughs> and that's about it. I, I wow. played it a decent amount. Um, and like for me, the similar appeal was Mewtwo. Like that was still at the height of my Pokemon obsession, and the fact mm -hmm. that he was in the game was pretty unbelievable. And uh, it took me a while to unlock him, I remember that, because it's not like it is now where you play a match, a character challenges you, you know, you you go to make some pizza and a character challenges you. <laughs> it, you know, it's not, it wasn't simple. Then I think for him, you know, I should have looked it up beforehand, but I thought it was like you had to play 24 hours of versus matches or something like that. Oh, that right? I know. I know, because oh. I unlocked Mewtwo lots of times when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, I had yeah, this weird right. obsession with, like, unlocking everyone. So, to unlock Mewtwo, you had to either do 700 versus matches or mm -hmm. play 20 hours of uh, just, like, timed battles, just in general. So, I remember I would there'd be days where I would just, like, or a weekend, I guess, where I would just, you know, reset my save file and just unlock all the characters. Because I always loved that feeling of getting that really crazy, like, warning... So I'm like, warning, brand new character, and then you oh, have yeah. to unlock them. There's something super, like, gratifying about yes. that. It was, so, yeah. So yeah, he was, it, he was by, by far, probably out of every Smash Bros. game, the hardest to get, or just the most time-consuming character mm -hmm. to get. Because even, like, Mr. Game & Watch, all you have to do is either a thousand versus matches, or just beat target test with all the other characters, which really isn't that hard. Yeah. Right. Although, to be honest, I don't think I ever completed target tests for every character oh, in any of the see, games. That was, that was one of my favorite modes. I, I loved to I love that, too. Try to yeah. see how fast you could do it and just do it with the different characters. And uh, I, I love target tests. Yeah, I love target now, test. I love the 15-minute man melee where I would just use Donkey Kong. Oh, and yeah, just down, down yes, that was good. I was always hope it would work. And it was weird because when I was in Norway, I had the PAL version. And the when I was... Eventually, got to a point where I was like looking up how to get some of these characters, mm -hmm. and I was trying to unlock the DK stage because that's how you did it. Was beating fifteen man melee, and the PAL version, for some reason, like the timing was really weird, and it was like ten times harder to do huh. the DK trick. I don't even know why that was the case, but that's interesting. The, yeah, 
uh, speaking of the like the fifty man thing and all that, I had a huge debate growing up, and I'm not going to tell you which side of the debate I was on <laughs> with my buddy who I played with. Was using the C stick to do attacks. Do you consider that cheap, or do you consider that part of the game? No, it's since it was a little game. bit quicker. That's 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 not cheap at all. That's the smash attack button. That's just like your this like you know it's like oh you shouldn't use aerials in the air. It's like why wouldn't I press the A button? Why wouldn't I slap this nice yellow stick that looks a little bit like a nipple? Kind of made me forget what I was getting ready to say with that comment. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, no, I was yeah I was for it too. I was like it's part it's part of the controller. Like I can't time these hits with the other buttons as well, and this is there. And my buddy who I always played with, who was like one of those people who kind of spam the, the, the dodge attacks. Oh, so that okay. was one of the only ways I could hit him is that I have to time where he was going to be, flip the C-stick. Because if I tried to time it with, uh, you know, side B or something, I would always miss or he'd be able to counter it really easy. So it was the only way to keep us competitive. And I think that's kind of why cool. he, wanted, he, he made me think that it was uh, a cheesy move to do. Yeah, now, see, I was kind of the opposite way. I always thought that, like, dodging was kind of cheap because it's like, oh, if you were going to take a hit, you should just take a hit like a, I don't know. Like, my logic back then was like, oh, if you're going to get hit, just take a hit like a man, you know, you don't dodge. Right. <laughs> so I just ran into attacks, but... That is a weird stance to have, I will say that. It, yeah, it, it was weird. Of that stance. No, that was, that was before your time, Nathan. That was when I was like, uh... I, like, literally, when I first got the game, I was like, oh, why would you dodge? Like... <laughs> <laughs> That is definitely interesting. Oh, I was so bad. <laughs> All right, you know, oh I mean, that, for for me, that game came out, I think, two thousand one. So, I was in middle school, so I could see that I would have had like a similar mentality. I bet, like, of you know, you gotta take it because you know that's right when you're coming in. Like, you gotta be a man, masculinity, sports ball. So I can kind of see that, like, at that age, having that that uh. Well, I don't process. even I don't even think it was like that that the whole like oh just take the hit, but it was like oh I felt cheated out of a hit on my opponent because it was like i don't know they messed up on an attack they whiffed it and they wouldn't have been able to get out of the way in time you know without dodging and it's like oh well i should have gotten that hit you know but you dodged it <laughs> but then it's like wait that's just playing the game <laughs> eight-year-old carl would not like smash bros ultimate where half the Yo. characters can counter eight-year-old carl would have hated smash 4 like just air yeah, dodge in all that the game way too oh my yep. god it kind of like makes me think of you know the British hated how the Americans fought in the Revolutionary War because we didn't stand in lines and we didn't fight gentlemanly. <laughs> this yeah. seems like a very similar mindset. Like, why are you guys not up. standing there? Let me shoot you. <laughs> exactly, that was me. It needs to be my way, not your way. Uh, your way is yeah. wrong. Not not much has changed. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Fair, fair enough. Uh, this game had twenty six characters. It's one of more newcomers than veterans, according to the wiki. And for me, hmm. Mewtwo was definitely the big one. Uh, it introduced me, before I hated them, uh, Fire Emblem characters, too. It was the first game to have Fire Emblem characters, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, Martha and Roy, which back then it was, you know, blue-haired sword guy, red-haired sword guy. Now there's <laughs> so many blue-haired sword guys, you can't really yeah. tell them apart. Uh, I mm. feel bad, because I liked the generation of Pokemon, but Pichu is by far was oh. the worst edition and is still probably the worst fighter, in my opinion. Which in ones were you guys excited yeah. to see? Uh, see, it's weird for me because when I got the game, I really wasn't that big of a fan of Nintendo. 
I was a big fan of Pokemon, but a lot of the other characters, I didn't really know who they were. Like, I, I knew who, like, Link was, and I knew who Zelda was and Ganondorf, but, like, Marth and Roy, I'm just like, who are these weird Japanese dudes? Why are they speaking in, like, in, in code? What is this? And so I guess I wasn't I wasn't really excited for any one particular character, but I, what it was cool because Melee was kind of like my gateway into the rest of Nintendo. So it just kind of like, I, I wanted to find out who this weird red guy was who was speaking Japanese, you know, so I looked it up, and then it's like, oh, that's Roy from Fire Emblem. So I just, uh, and, or it's and, like, and who's Captain Falcon? Oh, that's the guy from F-Zero. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, Fire Emblem had not been released outside of Japan at this point, too. So yeah. pretty much, well, I'm I mean, talking unless like you were... Two, I'm talking like 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're, we're talking way, way after Melee was released. Like I said, I... I really wasn't that big of a fan of Nintendo. I was a big fan of Pokemon, but like Zelda, eh, I couldn't really care less. I had an N64, I played it a little bit, but I didn't like it, so. And now I love it. <laughs> what about you, yeah. Nathaniel? Um, <clears throat> back then, I, I honestly don't remember. I played, even to this day, like even back then, I still played Fox a lot. Um, I'm trying to remember who else I played as. I actually played as Roy a lot, because I remember unlocking Marth and Roy, and this was before I looked up the, the characters, I just randomly unlocked them. I'm like, holy crap, who are these guys? <laughs> and then I looked them up, and all I saw was just, like, Japanese. I'm like, okay, I don't <laughs> understand this. And then it's, like, several years later, I'm like, oh, Fire Emblem, okay. Yeah. All right, because, I mean, back then, there really wasn't Fire Emblem games in America. So, because... Yeah, no, um, there was... They had not been released yet um, as, at that yeah. point. So I didn't understand any of it, and I didn't really care that much anyway. I, I probably just looked it up like one time when I was nine years old, like, okay, I can't read this, whatever. <laughs> but I liked playing as Roy. I thought Mewtwo was cool, but I never liked playing as him. I just always thought he was too floaty. Um, I still liked playing as Dr. Mario back then, too. Like, basically, my characters haven't changed since I was a kid. Dr. <laughs> Mario and Fox. Yeah. In that game. So, at what point for you, for you guys, um, did this become the it's not melee game for you? At what point did it become such a good quality game where that kind of became a joke amongst you two. Hmm. Honestly, you know, it's hard to pinpoint exactly it really when it started. It just kind of came up. I mean, we did the, uh, the melee let's play and a couple of times before that, or maybe after that, I came over randomly and we would just play melee together. But then, you know, we would like try to play brawl. And I think it was actually during like the brawl let's play. Cause we did do a let's play of that. Didn't we? We did a let's play of every Smash Bros. Yeah, we did a let's play yeah. of Brawl, and so eventually I just, I would be like, you, you know, you, you would ask, like, oh, are you guys having fun? I'd be like, eh, it's not Melee. <laughs> yeah, it just turned into this phrase, I, I'm i fairly certain that you started saying it, yeah. and then it was just like everyone said it. It was such common phrasing for all of us that I didn't even realize that we were saying it so frequently, and then, yeah. you know, a few years later, uh, I uploaded the Smash Bros. Brawl triggered video, and I was like, hmm, what's something? The first joke I could think of was, it's not Melee, because that was so ingrained in my mind. And I started, I used that same joke for all the Smash Bros. videos, and I released all of them within, like, I think, like, six to nine months? I can't remember exactly, but it was all within a pretty short time span. And then somehow it turned into the a big meme on my channel, and I still don't understand why. It's just a thing that exists now. It just is. <laughs> it just is. It's just... One of those things that it's catchy, even if you have no idea what the context is. It's just, it's fun to say. 
That's true. Because yeah. you can say it at almost any game. It's like, oh, how you know? Are you having fun playing Dark Souls? It's not melee. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> and I've caught myself saying it a few times when uh, talking games with buddies and stuff, and just, and then they're not as YouTubey as I am, so they're just like, "What the fuck are you talking about, dude?" <laughs> I'm like, no, "No, no, no, let me show you. It's funny. See, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's." I like that it was just something that grew organically, that it wasn't, you know, manufactured. It's just something that you guys had between you. And it kind of yeah, turned and then into it just a, became a nice like, little meme. Yeah, it became like an inside joke, and then it became an inside joke on the channel, and then it just became, it just blew up. I, I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't, it has it's, wholesome It's still origins. super weird, like, going to conventions, and even now I still see people wear that merch. Yeah. It's crazy. Do they do like the, hey, hey, can you say the phrase for us? Can you say the phrase? Do they do that Thank to you God, guys? No. Oh God, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Geez. That would be a little See, cringe. I'm not gonna lie. I literally said that phrase like five times ever on the channel. That's and true. And it just turned into a. I didn't even say it that much. I don't understand why it caught on. I really don't. <laughs> now, I, 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 I'm not a good person, but I would be asking for five bucks every time someone asked me to say it. I'm like, yeah, five bucks. I'll say it right now. Like, you put on your ringtone if you want. No, that's that's a bad idea. That's a bad PR that. move. Yeah. Money is so nice, though. Well, I, I guess as a man who's been recently laid uh, off, that's yeah, all I can think about right now. <laughs> reputation is also a nice thing to have. That's true. When you have I integrity and self-respect, though. I mean, some of us don't. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. a, I think it's my, my freshly laid off because of COVID brain, where I'm just like, hmm, how can I make money right now? So, yeah, I told you. You're, you're, you're egotistical like me. You just don't know it yet. Uh, it's starting to come out. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right with it. <laughs> um, so the next big thing was the amount of stages that got added from 64 to Melee. It's a massive amount. Um, there, technically only three reoccurring stages, and then, uh, wow, I, I can't count this fast, but over 20 new ones. Yeah. Uh, and I think we talked a little bit about some of our favorite stages. Uh, but they have Pokemon Stadium, the, the Star Fox one, I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, Corneria. Corneria. Corneria, yes, which is... Probably the one I think I played the most growing up because it's like the perfect size. Mm. It's I don't know. It's it's hard for me to describe, but it just played so well for everybody. No one had to complain about it. What about you sure. guys? What are some of your favorite maps or stages? Sorry for this game. Uh, honestly, like when I was young, it was like Temple, Corneria, and uh, maybe ah uh, shoot, what is it? Sec no, it's not Sector Z. What's the one where you're flying on the... Oh, Venom. Venom, thank you. Uh, it was like Corneria, Venom, Temple, and then like maybe one or two other stages. Honestly, I didn't like Battlefield. I didn't like FD. It was uh, it was pretty much Temple or nothing, except when, when things got serious. When things got serious, we went to Corneria, because that was like the, you know, the fighting stage. It was f sort of flat and... You just kind of fought each other. I was pretty 50-50. Like, when I was a kid, at least. I was very 50-50 on the stages I liked and disliked. So I liked Carl, I liked Temple, I loved Corneria. Those are the ones I played the most as well. But I also loved Princess Peach's Castle. I always thought that that's, one was really that's cool. That's a good one. Um, Pokey Floats, I loved that as a kid. Oh. I still think it's it's fun to play every once in a while. Um, I liked. I kind of liked Brinstar, but the older I get, the more annoying it gets. Yeah. Uh, I kind of liked... On it, um, I love on the it's returning really stages. Fun. Underrated, yeah. Underrated. On it's pretty sure. cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, when I was a kid, I thought Battlefield and FD was also kind of boring, but I also, mm. I did like playing on them too, just because the backgrounds looked so cool, and they still do look really cool. Yeah, the space motif really yeah. works well. Yeah, yep. And I they're somehow say, finding ways to make that look, like each iteration of the game, it somehow looks better and better. I or know. cooler and cooler, I don't know how they do it. The one that I will say I hate it with a passion and still do um, is the the Icicle Mountain or whatever the... Uh, oh, God. The I don't yeah, the Ice Climbers one. Either. Yeah, we it wasn't fun. It didn't feel like a stage. You're you're trying like, to run more than you were to battle. Yeah, you're you're literally trying to you know, you or don't climb. have to worry about dying from your opponent. Just don't die from the stage and you win. Yep. Mm. yep. You know it that's felt... actually part of the reason. Sorry, that's actually part of the reason that I started playing one of my mains in melee, who was Falco. And the only reason I started playing Falco was because I was going through like adventure mode where you have to play the ice climber stage. And I kept dying on it because up until then I would play characters like Link and Falcon who had really bad jumps. So I picked Falco and I could just, you know, like just jump like crazy high. And so I was like, this character's awesome. And so I, it just kind of stuck. Nice. Mm -hmm. Another stage I didn't like was Yoshi's Island because <gasps> the stupid blocks in the middle. I don't know what it was. Uh... I always would, would do an attack... I was trying to hit someone, and then I hit the blocks, and I would lose all my jumps, and I would just die. <laughs> Hated so, that stupid stage. Super Mario World's my favorite game of all time, and I've said it like a thousand times. I'm sure people are sick of hearing it. I, I literally have the Mario from that game tattooed on my arm. And <laughs> so I have a special... Because like, it's the similar aesthetic of that game and everything. Because it's Yoshi's Island is technically a sequel, right? Yes. If I remember correctly. So, yeah. like, that whole, just the look of that stage gives me the feels, so I can't hate it for that very reason. I would be fine with that stage if it didn't have the blocks in the middle. Yeah. Like, that was so unnecessary. I think it's cool that there's the blocks in the top that you can hit. It's a nice little variation to platforms, but I hate that thing in the middle. Well, maybe you're just bad. <laughs> I was bad. When I was, like, eight, I'm still I not that bad great too. at Smash. Um, now, we can kind of probably, with that being said, move on to some of the single-player single uh, modes. Home Run Contest, probably one of my favorite modes of all time. Uh, mm. Was not smart enough as a kid to do it right. I was just like, oh, you stand here, you swing the home run bat, you hit it. Didn't realize you needed to beat up the home run bag before you like needed to hit it with the home run swing. So I didn't never figured out how to like set high scores or beat my friends at that game. And, you know, as I got older, I felt really silly for not figuring that one out. <laughs> Which, uh, what were your guys' favorites? I know we talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but what were some of your guys' favorite uh, single-player modes? Uh, I mean, probably target test still for me. I would say is the best. I loved Race to the Finish, too, because mm -hmm. it had, like, multiple paths. And yeah. I, I'm shocked that, like, that's never really been, like, returned to form ever since Melee. I don't know why. Um, now, Home Run Contest is interesting, because I didn't really like it that much, but because of Home Run Contest was when I first discovered what tassing was. Um, I guess for anyone that doesn't know what tassing is, it's when you... Basically, the idea is playing a game theoretically perfect. And I was looking up Home Run Contest records, and I don't know how I found this in like the year 2002, 2003, but people were making task runs of all the characters... Um, doing home run contests, and they were doing the most, like, insane tech and movement. And they were getting, like, 4,000, 5,000 feet with some of these characters, and it seemed completely unfeasible, and that's because it is in real time. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, that, that's fair. What about you, Carl? But, uh, hmm. 
I, I have to agree. I really liked, um, I, I really enjoyed Break the Targets. That, that, I, I don't know, I just loved trying to figure out, because it, with Break the Targets, it made you use the characters in their own unique way. No no stage was alike, because it was like, you know, for Jigglypuff's stage, you had to use her side B to, like, uh, smack the, the targets and jump over the stuff and then smack another target. And with, like, Young Link, you had to wall jump, and I didn't know what that was, so I just kind of stood in the pit, and I was like, how do I get out of this pit? Um... I really enjoyed Break the Targets, but I also really loved Adventure Mode. Adventure Mode was one of my favorites. Yep. Because, you know, you start out and, like, you, you're running across uh, basically World 1-1, right? You're running across the the Mario landscape and you're jumping on enemies and it just felt like, a I don't know, a really good time. And then you could figure out how to unlock Luigi by jumping over the, the flagpole on that stage with a 2, you know, in the uh, anywhere in the timer and you could get Luigi to, to come out. So I just... Yeah, I didn't know those that. are some of my favorite. You didn't that, know that? You know what's no. what's funny about that is the very first time I ever played Adventure Mode, I accidentally unlocked Luigi. Oh wow! Playing that, yeah. Like, what are the odds of that happening? Yeah, I and see for me, I just played it so much that it just eventually happened, and I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> like I didn't know you could do that, and then I just caught on to it and kept going, and it was just yeah. Was yeah, I like the Adventure Mode too, but it always felt like it went too long. Like there were. Um, too many like battles and not enough like actually running around. Uh, yeah, I could see yeah. that. I think, I think what really solidified it for me though was like figuring out how to fight Giga Bowser at the end of Adventure Mode. And I was just like, yeah. oh my god, this is that so was freaking yeah, cool. Do. Can you guys break that down now for a simpleton like me who was not smart enough to figure that out? Uh, how how do you get to Giga Bowser or unlock him? Do you want to uh, explain, Nick? Um, I'm trying to remember exactly. I know you have to play on either normal difficulty or, or higher. hard. Yeah. Yeah, normal, hard, or very hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure you have to beat. You have to like get through it with I think three lives. I don't remember the exact live counter. Yeah, at least has... three lives and 15 minutes, and and you have to do it in no. under 15. I think it was like real time minutes. It might have been 18. It was. It's it was like eight. it's really strict. That's... It's in the teens. Yeah, it's in the teens somewhere. It's hard to remember exactly. Yeah, but, and yeah, then it's really strict. You can't you can't get a game over either. Otherwise, yeah, no game count. overs. You can only lose one life. And then once you beat Bowser in that final battle, if you beat him, obviously, and you beat the whole thing in under fifteen, eighteen, some you know some type of minutes, uh, he'll his trophy will like, because he come he you know you beat him and then he turns into a trophy, but uh and he falls off. But in um. Uh, when when Giga Bowser comes back, like his trophy will come back up and it like slaps down onto the stage and it's you hear like the laughter and it just transforms and then you 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 initiate the Giga Bowser fight. That's pretty sexy. I like that. It was really cool the first time I ever got and I was like, what is this? <laughs> I could never do that when I was a kid. I did it when I was older, but I the first time I saw Giga Bowser was the event matches. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, speaking of, we should probably talk about those. Those are probably my favorite uh, modes in this game because I lived, I grew up in what's called Bumblefuck, which is for anybody who doesn't know that phrase, is when you live in a small town of under a thousand people in the middle of nowhere in a state. So all my mm-hmm. friends lived in the towns like several miles away, and obviously at a eight or eleven, whenever however old, old I was when this game came out, I couldn't you know drive to play it with them. So. Event, or the event matches kept me entertained and it kept me as a way to be able to play the game and not get kind of bored with playing CPUs. And they were really unique. They were made you really play the game differently and use different characters in ways you never would have before. And I feel like that's what they kind of were trying to do with World of Light. 
um, with Ultimate, but it it doesn't feel the same. It, it feels more forced now than it did then. Yeah, because I think with, like, World of Light, you have to play it through at, like, the game's pace. Obviously, there are branching paths and stuff like that, but you can still, like, once you make one decision, it's like, oh, can't go back anymore, you know? Right. But with the event matches, you could play them, like, basically at your leisure. Once you unlock the event, mm -hmm. you could just be like, oh, well, I can't beat this one, so I'll play this other one. And if, oh, I beat this one, now I unlock that one. And then you get to kind of work your way down until you're up to that level to beat those events. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, getting off topic, I don't know why you can't replay fights in World of Light. Yeah, it's like, I never thought about that, it, actually. That's it. You just kind of run around doing nothing. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it shocked weird. me too when I first played it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't mean to go too far off topic either, but I wish War of the Light like pulled me in more. I I have no desire to go back and do it again. Really, I never finished it, dude. I did it twice, once for <laughs> a video and then again for another video. I'm never see, ever doing it again. You see the sacrifices this man makes for his content. <laughs> he works oh hard God. for you guys. Just, you need to appreciate yeah. him. The second playthrough was painful because I was it was a top 10 on the hardest spirit battles, and I thought, okay, I need to do this without the skill tree and without uh, upgrades to your character. So oh, that made the oh game god. five times harder. Yeah. Oh god, that was never again. Never again. So I always yeah. wondered how much like uh, YouTubers played the footage they use, and I, I know for you now that you, you really work for it, man. <laughs> you I got dedication. To. I had to for that game, yeah. That's rough. Now, let's kind of shift it to a little bit of a happier uh, mode. I guess not a yes. mode, but the trophies were one of my favorite parts of this game. Um, I'm a huge mm -hmm. nerd. I re and again, I don't mean to keep going down that I'm really old tree, but <laughs> I remember picking out games, you know, and on the drive home reading the, the books, because the books back then actually had, like, background for story for certain games like for twisted metal i'd always read the background for all the characters like oh you mean like a mode. strategy guide type thing yeah yeah but they came in there so you didn't actually have to like buy them separately which was oh nice. oh there's just yeah i gotcha i gotcha yeah yeah um and that's again probably half the people listening to this have not experienced that in their life but um <laughs> so like the trophy mode you get trophies and different things similar basically they were amiibos in a way like virtual amiibos and they would have brief descriptions of the trophies and what games they came from. And that was so much fun. I would, you know, unlock a bunch of them and just read and look at the trophies and, like, maybe even try to look up the games later and, like, learn more about them. And it was a nice way of kind of absorbing Nintendo history. And it's another thing I miss. I understand why they couldn't do it for Ultimate, but, like, stickers do not do it for me. I can't yeah. get it up for stickers. Like, I think the stickers would have been okay if they had, like, descriptions for each of them. Like, just yes. a couple sentences, but it's just a picture. And that's right. it. There's no additional information. So, I got I got two things on the trophies. Uh, number one, it was really cool for me, especially because, like I said before, I wasn't that big of a Nintendo fan at the time. So, like, it was almost like exploring into more lore of, like, where these games came yes. from. And I could, like, I could, like, theorize in my head, like, oh, this is because of this, and this happened because of that. And, um... And I loved the, uh, you know, like the, the trophy hoard where you could just see all your all your trophies on the table and just look oh, at them. Cool. And it was just like, yes, these are mine. But uh, so real gamer hours. Did did both of you guys try to look up Peach's dress in, trof in the trophy view or I'm just, of course I I just I weird? Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Was Daisy one too? I feel like I've been. Yeah. Daisy was a trophy, but there was not nearly as much detail. <laughs> there was yeah, a third eye never into blondes. in the back of her head. Wait, yes, what? there was a third eye on the back of Daisy's head in the trophies. Yeah, I remember discover. I actually discovered that before it became like a more common fact. I was like, really? what the heck is going on here? So you were really inspecting those trophies. No. I was. <laughs> Can you go into more detail? Like, is it just like an eye where you turn it around? Or is it like if you get in close to the trophy? Explain this third eye yeah. to me. So if you zoom in past the hair, you still see the model, like the head of the model, but there's like mm -hmm. a third eye for some reason that they never took out. Yeah. That's so so it's just there. It's just there. Now it another weird fact about trophies is if you zoom in on the Metal Mario one, I think on top of the hat, you can see yeah. the reflection of the Yoshi Island stage. Mm-hmm. Now that's cool. That yeah, seems really way cool. more intentional yeah. than third eye. <laughs> and there's a lot of actual like little Easter eggs in the trophies that I forgot about, mm -hmm. but uh. It's more stuff like that, like you know, like the Metal Mario, you look in his cap and you see the reflection, or like the third eye on Daisy, and there's a couple other ones that they're, they're just hidden in there, and I I almost feel like that was Nintendo or Sakurai it just kind of like playing around with the fact that they had like detailed 3D models now, so they could put in little Easter eggs like that. Yeah. Which, if you look at the history of like the development of this game, makes the, those little details like that even more amazing. It was developed in 13 months. Which, from yeah. my understanding, is like no time at all in video game development. Am I right on that? I feel like it, games are usually two to three years minimum. Yeah, I develop. feel like you're right. Well, think about I... how long Smash Bros. games usually take. Three yeah, to five like, years. Mm -hmm. This took 13 months. I think it's even like, more admirable, too, because like not only were they working with uh, like they were working with like new newer, technology. Yeah, brand new tech and yes. on a new system. So they had to completely adapt. It's not like they could shift the models over from the N64, they had to completely rework everything. Yeah, uh, Sak um, as I was uh, looking up, I, Sakurai called his lifestyle during this uh, development period destructive, with no holidays <laughs> and only very short weekends were taken. Wow. that See, that almost reminds yeah. me of like, the Smash 4 as well, because uh, in Smash 4, he and some of his employees actually slept in their offices. like, And, and Sakurai's wife brought them like food and 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 like water and shit so they could just keep working on the game yeah right, when it gets to that point i mean that's that's like really that's just that's dedication it's dedicated but that's unhealthy like well, you, you shouldn't Sakurai. have to work that hard we love you daddy <laughs> i mean obviously he's making amazing games doing stuff like this but good lord take a yeah, break that's insane uh, he um called it his it was his biggest project ever to that point and he felt a great pressure to deliver a quality sequel. So the guy kind of, I mean, obviously Nintendo was probably like, yes, this better be good. But it sounds like he's his number one critic or hard, harshest critic in the way that yeah. he treats himself during these games. Because I remember the story of him like passing out the gym during Ultimate Development. And they said well, it was just dehydration. And I'm like, well, probably not just dehydration, but still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think he delivered on a high quality sequel, and I would, I will still argue that I think technically, on a technical level, Melee is still the best Smash Bros. game. Maybe not from a developer standpoint, and obviously not from a graphics standpoint, but on a technical, like one v one skilled level, Melee is the best. I would say it Period. still feels the best. Like Ultimate's very, very close to feeling as good as Melee, but mm -hmm. I still like the slightly faster movement. It's faster, it's tighter, you can just do more things. It's just Yeah, it feels oh. more free and open. 
Yeah. I guess it's a good way to put it. That was before a it's, lot of like rules were added, like my, my, to like micromanage fights to make sure you can't do a lot of spammy tactics. Yeah, that was before, and, and plus attacks like uh, did had like weird levels of knockback too. So like I remember one of the things was when I played Captain Falcon, and I would hit people with like his jab, his rapid jabs. You know, like the doot 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 when he like hits with at least three or four times with his fist, and they just don't go anywhere. You know, but like now in in Smash like Ultimate, when you start your jabs. You have to finish your jabs, and it sends the it always sends them at the same angle. But back then, it was like, oh, if they slip out, they could just hit you, you know, while you're still in your jabs. Mm-hmm. I remember like people getting out of jabs and doing the the side swipe and like ending up behind you when you're in the middle of a of attack, and that always really irritating me. Yeah, every every time. Um, some of the other things that were added to this game. Um, all characters have four special moves, and the veterans had you know, side special moves. Uh, Link and Ness, especially, um, were noted. I don't remember, uh, and this is just me not having played these games in a long time, I don't remember that not being in 64. Was that something you guys noticed when you picked up this game, that they had those th- uh, side side attack specials? That's Well, when I was a kid, I didn't even realize that Smash 64 didn't have B-sideways until... Yeah. Melee had yeah because I went yeah. back to I'm like wait a minute where's the B sideways attack that doesn't exist yeah it's like where's my <laughs> Raptor boost oh yeah I don't have one <laughs> yeah where's my um uh, what's the attack for I, I'm illusion on, yeah illusion for Fox it's like why can't I do this yeah it's a it's a it, it's kind of crazy you think about like and and just the technical aspect of melee is like wow there's a, it, this, so much was improved you know from its predecessor that's not to say that 64 mm-hmm. isn't an awesome game but like on, on just a technical level, wow, Melee really, really improved on 64. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to throw a random piece of trivia on this game. We'll see if you guys can get it right. You ready? You can sure. buzz in if you think you know it to beat the other person. You ready? Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Which character never appears as a CPU in this game? Oh. Ooh. Like, as a CPU? Yeah, you won't uh, see him in like classic mode or anything like that. Oh. Uh, okay, hold on. Oh, oh, oh! I think I know. All right, you got buzz in, yeah, or make a buzz. silly noise. <laughs> buzz, buzz. All right, Carl. <laughs> is it Ganondorf? It is not, but he oh. uh, he appears as a teammate in classic mode, so that disqualifies him um, as a period. Shoot. But that's I close. No it's very close. Is it Young yeah. Link? Uh, the answer is our favorite Fire Emblem character, Roy. Oh, only how one was that never close to Ganondorf? <laughs> no, Ganondorf was a close answer because he uh, he does appear as a teammate, so he almost qualifies. Sorry. Oh, okay, I got you. I, I, miss, I poorly phrased that. <laughs> like, yes, you know, Ganondorf from Fire Emblem. <laughs> yeah, fine. I mean, they have red hair, it's similar. They're yeah. humanoids. Um, is there anything else you guys... Uh, want to talk about with this game uh like i said i don't have as good or close as attachment as a lot of people seem to have um actually carl now i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. it the uh competitive scene for this game Mm -hmm. it's still very much a thing right oh absolutely and melee was the the smash game that like propelled uh smash bros into the spotlight and um like i said if you want to watch the smash documentary which you should it's very good nathan did did we watch it nathan we watched it together, i think i introduced you to that if i'm not mistaken yeah. yeah and um melee was the smash game that kind of 
propelled Smash Bros into like the mainstream and into you know a, a serious competitive fighting game and it all started when Melee got into Evo 2012 I want to say it was 2012 or 2013 and uh it, there's there's like this legend around it it's called the Spirit Bomb and you do you know Scar and Toph like the two Melee commentators Yes Okay, so like Scar, it was it was kind of like Scar's idea. Basically, what they did was they did what what they called a spirit bomb, where they had like uh, people who were in the competitive melee community at the time uh, send money because you in order to get into Evo you had to like pay to to get a slot, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think they raised over a hundred thousand dollars in like one night, which doesn't seem God like damn. a lot nowadays. But like back in back in twenty twelve. It, it was a, it was a lot, and so they raised over like a hundred thousand dollars, and they were able to get melee into that Evo slot, and it was the first time melee had been at Evo since like two thousand five or something really crazy like that, and it just and the rest is history from there. People saw it, people loved it. You know, they busted out their old GameCubes, they dusted off their controllers, and they just and now it's huge. It's it is the biggest competitive Smash Bros game. Well, I wouldn't say it is the biggest. Because not right now. It will it seems be again like, when Ultimate dies down. Yeah, it seems like with uh, with Smash Four and Ultimate, there are more players, right? But in terms of like high level competitiveness, it is the biggest competitive Smash Bros game. That's kind of crazy. It's like twelve years after launch that it became what it is. Yeah, and and it's crazy to think about. People are playing, still playing a nineteen year old game, and we're still finding like new stuff about it that that we didn't know before that's amazing um it, we're yeah. actually we're getting to the point where we, we do have to wrap up i know you gotta go pretty soon nathaniel um is there any anything you guys want to touch on before we go hmm. something okay something weird that i like about this game is i love how many items can spawn on the stage at once mm. because yes. in most smash bros games it's like this is something i did a lot when i was a kid i would like spam out pokeballs in training mode just to throw them all out in most Smash Bros. games, it's like, okay, you can do three or four at a time. Melee, it's like 12 or 15. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. And and the, the frame rate never, ever dips, no matter how many items you throw on the stage. I think it's super weird that Melee is the only game where you can have so much crap on the screen at once. But yeah, yeah that's pretty much the only other thing I'd want to That add. is weird. I never thought about it. Like, it's... The GameCube is really underrated for what it seemed to be able to handle. I think for... The, the generation of consoles technology. that came out at that time, it was one of the best looking graphically than all it of them. It was I think... technically the most powerful console. The problem yeah. oh. was that it used discs that uh, the developers <laughs> did not want to work with. Teeny weeny widow discs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember that being so, so annoyed much by better. this disc. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Pikmin, the one that sticks out to me the most, like, that game was absolutely beautiful to look at. Just, like, mm. the amount of detail on it. It just looks so polished. It's like, that's a fun and, game. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Star Fox Adventures actually looks really freaking good. It's a, it's a pretty-looking yeah. game. I'm just going to say it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, real quick, kind of going off of Nathan's item thing, I think this is where my distaste for items began because I had a friend <laughs> who lived next door, and I always beat him. Always. No matter what. And I still always beat him. <laughs> but um, it, it doesn't matter. But... <laughs> The only time he could beat me was when we played with items. And I was like, no, oh. items are cheap. This isn't fair. You know, what? like, I, I'm beating you, but you just grabbed, a, a, not a smash orb, because those, those didn't exist, but you grabbed a KO bat, and you just hit me with it once, and now I died. 
So I think that's where Carl's distaste and dislike for items, uh, you know, began. That was the birth, the genesis. <laughs> you have to work around your uh, ever-changing surroundings. That's what I would respond with. See, I, I see I items evolve, on the screen, man. throw them back. Counter them, block them, <sighs> dodge them. No, that that's the sissy's way out. You just take no, a Carl's hit. just not good enough <laughs> at avoiding items. Not good. Yeah, it's true because you know what? I don't focus on going after items like certain people in this. And you what's know, wrong with items? Podcast. Items are fun. Items, items are so much fun. It's, Thank you. I mean, they're fun in like a group smash, but like when we're doing a serious one v one, you get that shit out of here all the way. Well, that's different. If it. it's like a serious match, but. I don't usually play it that seriously. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just I don't like the chaos, honestly, of the items. Oh, whenever that's, that's so the charming fun. part of it, you that, never know what's going to happen. You have to be on your that's, toes. It's, it's so ridiculous. Fun. It's like even in Mario Kart, it's like the items are fair because it's like yeah, sometimes you get wombo comboed and you and you know you 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 spin out for like four seconds or something. You get like red shelled, banana red shelled, and it's like oh my god. But it's it, it you could still come back as long as it's not the last lap. But like in a Smash in in a Smash Bros game, it's like. Oh, I got hit with a KO bat, shot with a gun, hit with a flower, and now all of a sudden I'm at 90%. Dodge him. <laughs> and I didn't even know everything. what happened. <laughs> the council has voted two versus one. Items are fun. It's yeah, but my, my vote counts as three, so the my the council of Carl has denounced all of your votes. The council of Carl them. doesn't exist here. The council of Carl is existing, and he's it right here. It exists not here. Somewhere else. <laughs> Democracy is dead. We're Damage boost law. is a this peaceful is the, land. I mean, we, to be fair, we kind of are under martial law, considering we're all forced to be quarantined. Yes, and you're under carcial law. <laughs> wow, what a reach. Did you pull a muscle reaching for that one? <laughs> that one hurt. <laughs> all right, guys. It's been super fun. Uh, anything you guys want to plug before we go? Uh... If you got spare money, go donate it to uh, COVID-19 Relief, because there's a lot of people that are in very unfortunate positions, and uh, if you have any spare money, you should, you know, try to support them if you can. Yeah, I think I've plugged my Twitter enough, so I'll, I'll kind of build off of Nathan since, uh, you know, so, yeah, if you if you have any spare supplies that you could donate to first responders, uh, my, my sister's husband is a first responder, so they're out on the front lines, you know, so if you... If you are hoarding masks, or you have extra water or something, or even if you just want to, you know, say thank you to them, if you see them in the store, or buy them a meal, you know, uh, anything is appreciated. Go, go, go help out. It's trying times. Yeah. So. And in the same vein, I have a friend who is making masks for people and donating them. If anybody does awesome. need them because they don't cool. have one, or um, just don't have the materials or the, the ability to make one, uh, please give, send me a DM on Twitter at DamageBoostPod, and within reason, I'll cover it and uh, uh, the postage and have them sent out to you. So, uh, awesome. yeah, no. just at, at DamageBoostPod, DM me if you guys need a mask. Anybody out there. Alright, um, so with that being said, this is great, guys. Um, I'll see you next time. Yeah. See you. See you. Alright, everybody. Be good people.